enjoying your meal? I must say the, the wings are cooked perfectly. I found the pear a bit crunchy. I was just wondering where the bathroom was. Ooh, toilet. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, ooh, toilet. I, I really must go. Ooh, toilet is down the hall, left at the screaming child. When you reach the Archibald Prize winning portion of Guy Fieri, take a right, and then it should be there right after the show. You can't miss it. Uh, after the show? Yes, you can't miss it. Uh, after what show? I, I really must go. Why? It's after... What's a counter of People often come up to me and they ask me, how can you be so big and strong if you're a vegan? And I simply reply, I'm not a vegan. Hello and welcome to a decanter of banter. This is me, Harry Rivelli. Uh, the show uh, at 11pm that addresses the big issues, the questions that are on everyone's lips, elbows and kneecaps, like... Can deaf people be schizophrenic? How is it possible? Or do, do they have uh, images in their mind of people telling them in sign language, set the bus on fire? Nerds, as they say, rule the world. Bill Gates, nerd. ScoMo, nerd. John Howard, thug. There are exceptions to every rule. Sometimes thugs rule the world. Yeah, well, John Howard, he confiscated the guns, but you know where they all are. Uh, if you ever get invited out to uh, John Howard's ranch for a, for a weekend, uh, for a long weekend, i got to tell you, not uh, the kangaroos don't last long out there. Um, it's just like, uh, I believe in London, there's this um, incinerator on the river where allegedly is where the police take all the illicit drugs that they confiscate throughout the year, and they're meant to put them in this incinerator. And locals will tell you they've never seen a puff of smoke come out of that incinerator. And so my other advice to you would be try and get invited to the um, London police Christmas party. It must be one hell of a do. Um, there was such a big throng of people there in the city. It got me thinking. Um, all those tens of thousands of people there all congregating. A lot of um, logistical things, that people, uh, hurdles that had, had to be overcome to get that protest together, like 30,000 people or so were there. It was almost as if, hey, maybe we should protest for some other stuff while we're here. Um, you know, let's lower beer prices or something. I mean, you can you can hold the sign, you can pick it, but there's also you could reverse the sign. A little bit like one of those reversible belts that where you have black on the outside but brown on the inside. It's a, it's a very quick way of knowing who's poor. And when you see a reversible belt, it's, it's, it's alarm bells. It's, uh-oh, they can't afford two separate belts, a black one and a brown one. They've gone for the reversible belt. Um, and that's when you delete them off all your social media and your real life um, social media, a.k.a. Um, talking to them. You just say, go away, poor, smelly man. Um, uh, that's my handy tip for telling poor people to go away. Just simply Put your two hands out in front of you so that they can't get within your personal space and repeat after me, guys. I know it feels really good to say, guys, just repeat after me. Go away, you poor, swelly man. Um, 
So, yeah, so the, the reversible belt. But a little bit like a reversible belt, you can take a sign down to a protest and on one side you can have a I'm with Greta uh, sign about um, climate change. On the other side, just flip it around and you go, well, while we're all here, there's 30,000 of us, we're going to protest about the price of beer. It's just funny water, guys. It's water with a sprinkling of yeast. Why is it $10 more per cup? Um, so... It's just a, it's about efficiency, guys, isn't it? Well, otherwise, we have to meet up next weekend, get all the same amount of people um, down there, and you know, and uh, I think a lot of people might have gotten to the city that day by uh, methods of transport other than push bike and the foot falcon. So we're talking about greenhouse gases just getting just getting to the protest, which of course one might say is a paradox, um, but not quite as big a paradox as the tinder paradox which is if the girl actually replies to your message then she's too keen and you find it off-putting so essentially no one's ever found love on tinder because yeah you like them but then they reply and you go oh that's a bit much and lo and behold i'm going to whip out of my purse a metallic straw and essentially tell the world um i'm more environmentally conscious than you and it's a statement. That's a statement. It's better than using a plastic straw and making that sort of statement. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's the equivalent of uh, dragging a seal into the middle of the club and then just beating it with a stick until your entire white blouse is covered in the blood and slime of a now deceased seal. Um, anyway... Uh, yeah, so it's a statement. I mean, that's a statement as well. I think I think that brutally beating a, a seal in the middle of a club would make a statement. I, the thing is, with um, dating and romance, there's always uh, someone's into it. Someone's into it. So the club's big enough. There's always going to be one person who goes, "I like that. I like that sort of stuff." And um, and you never know. Uh, that's how I met your mother. Sort of sort of stuff. It, I was beating a seal in the middle of a club. Um, it got all over my my white blouse and also her white blouse and the rest is history um but uh i feel like you could also make a statement by taking a keep cup or your keep straw uh to places where it's not really needed but you're at least letting the world know that you have that keep cup so you're going down to a used car dealership you're saying thanks mate i'll take the honda jazz and then just stick out your keep cup and the and they'll inevitably say uh we can't put the Honda Jazz in the Keep Cup. And you go, ah, it's all right. Just trying to do my bit. So that's my handy tip for being clean and green and sometimes a little bit mean to seals in the club when you're beating them with sticks. But I, I was reading a relationship advice book and you might question whether this was a, a good relationship advice book, but it was um, it, one of the latter chapters. And then they didn't just come straight out of the gates with this one. They sort of, you know, lulled you into it. They lubed up a bit before they got you got into this one. And it, it was a bit, and it said, they said, you know, people take, um, you know, affairs, it's a little bit too seriously. Do you know what I mean? Like when you get married, you pull your assets together, you move in together, you know, you, you, might, you might buy a house, you might have children together, you might move cities because one of you got your dream job. You're doing all this stuff together. You're a unit. And then, one person goes away on one work trip and gets one blowjob from their one secretary. And then, and then they confess and then you get divorced. You split all the assets. Now you do time sharing with the kids and you live in different seasons. The whole thing goes kaput. Um, 
what this book was trying to say is that, you know, the French have affairs all the time. There's a bit of like a, a don't ask, don't tell sort of policy. You know, you might get like a couple a year. I mean, when you're going over that, you know, couple a year threshold, maybe you're doing something a little bit wrong. But the fact is that humans slip up. My, my old rule used to be, fool me once, you die. Now I'm a little bit like, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on you. Fool me three times, shame on you. Um, it's okay, though. Yeah, that's my new rule. Uh, that's my relationship advice. It's a little bit like Chinese whispers. I'm not sure if the book said all of that. Uh, if 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 you're in if you're a single person out there, I want you to grab a notepad and pen and write this down. And if you um, don't have any arms or legs, please remember this as well as you can. All right? It's like what shareholders would call having a diverse portfolio. So if you know mining goes bust, well, you can say, well, I got all those shares in Catholic schools and um, Tony Abbott's prime minister again. So they're doing, they're going really well. And so it's basically, and as long as you're never overly reliant on anything, uh, you never get upset by anyone ever letting you down. But uh, anyway, so yeah, important to have a very diverse portfolio of suitors and lovers, even though most of the time, if you're a little bit like me, it's like a constant uh, 2008 global financial crisis. Um, no, uh, that's enough of that metaphor, but yes. That'll do. Oh, will it? I'm a DJ. <laughs> Anyway, hey, no, I'm joined in the studio with someone very special tonight. She's been at Emma Louise, so we were, we, we, uh, we were working overtime, the staff here at the Kennedy Band, we were working overtime to get Emma Louise in the studio tonight, but unfortunately, she's busy throwing TVs out of windows of her hotel room. But we do have Lucinda. Next best thing. Yes. To say it's great to have you here would be an overstatement. I mean, sorry, understatement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so I actually have brought you here for a reason. It's a really okay, yes. important cause. Okay. Um, I also like this background music. It's good. No, yeah. <laughs> I like a big saxophone. You? There's no subtle way of creeping it in. Mm. They just go, hey, man, what are you eating? Yeah, baked bean sandwich. I went on exchange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do that, though? Um, exchange. you went to Spain. No, it died. I hey. <laughs> you <laughs> made you, a radio show. I actually have back. a portable project here, and I'll give you the complete slideshow. <laughs> I was there. I was in Barcelona for half a day, Madrid for one and a half days. Mm. Um, I was in Berlin for um, three quarters of a day. It it was like so much culture there. <laughs> I, I have to tell you all the hot spots. My favorite Please. spot was like there was this hostel we were staying in, uh -huh. and there was a bar downstairs. Oh. And it was full of Australians, and I met some of the best people I've ever met in my entire I life. I bet you did. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll tell you all the hottest places. I thought to you were going to mention Burgain or whatever the, you know, the club that you can only go in uh, and yeah. accepted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. And you got accepted. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually really easy to just show your license. Yeah. Everyone forgets their <laughs> yeah. license. They have ID scanners here. <laughs> yeah, they actually stole the law from the Burgain. Um, mm. Anyway, so um, speaking of Berg, this is, that's actually really funny because there was this, there was this <laughs> is guy. It, is it really funny? <laughs> it's actually not really funny. A guy was beaten up to a pulp. Okay, oh. um, he was a footballer. It's not funny at all, okay. except for the funny part, which I'll get to in a moment. There's a footballer in England called Danny Drinkwater, which is kind of ironic. You couldn't even script this. If you read this in a book, you'd be like, ah, that's uh, completely unreasonable, and you'd uh -huh. shut it in. It's like you know when you're watching Avatar at the cinemas and you go, ah, oh, that's unrealistic yep. and you just walk out. <laughs> <laughs> Danny didn't Dr do it, yeah, didn't do it. <laughs> Danny Drinkwater um, was really drunk at a pub. Would you believe it? Drinkwater, yep. yeah, anyway. Uh -huh. so, yeah, he was really drunk at a pub uh -huh. and so there, there was a player there who played for like, so Danny Drinkwater plays in the Premier League 
mm-hmm. but he um he's not very good. All right, so right. he's actually even though he's a bit old, he's actually not really playing at all. And and you know, if if you're a player, and you're not playing so well. They they put you in the under twenty ones. You even though you're like thirty, you play the under twenty ones just so right. you get some game time. Uh-huh. All right, and so um, the, the newspapers reported that Danny Drinkwater was a surprising and unexplained omission from the under the under twenty ones game on the weekend. When you know your career is at a low, if you're a surprising omission yep. from the under twenty ones <laughs> game when you're thirty. But anyway, Danny Drinkwater, it uh-huh. turned out, had been in a pub on, on the weekend beforehand, and had been hitting on another player's wife and now the player and his friends were going up to danny mr drinkwater we'll call him from this point onwards Mm -hmm. mr drinkwater and they said mr drinkwater um that's my wife can you not speak to her in that risque manner (laughs) danny drinkwater had not been drinking water he'd been drinking a whole lot of prosecco and he (laughs) said (laughs) it's uh, that's what the tabloids are saying Mm -hmm. Uh, and um (laughs) he was romantically linked to prosecco Uh, would you believe it (laughs) (laughs) reported by women's day yeah Mm. uh, uh, entirely factual and and, and, and he basically said, because he was incredibly drunk. And he kept saying risque and rambunctious uh, uh, yep. and concupiscent uh, things to this particular spouse of another player. Um, there was a bit of a scuffle. How do you know this character, this... This Danny Drinkwater. Mr. Drinkwater is what sorry, we're, we're Drinkwater. naming him. If he's very B grade. Oh, because well, even if you if you're what B grade, what is this for? Uh, he he plays for Chelsea at the moment, but he used yeah. to play for Leicester City, right. right? So he was doing all right there. They're, they're not like a top team, so he was playing there. And then mm. they said, "Hey, come to our big club. We'll pay you more money." He said, "Great," and he's played like a, like a cumulative ten minutes. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, and so he 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 kept saying salacious things to this particular spouse of a, of a particular player who was not him. And um, so there's a bit of a scuffle, and the the bouncers, the um, ever um, eminent uh, dispute um, resolvers, said. Mm. No, nah, you're, you're both kicked out. And, and he, they, he kicked them both out into the street. What? And then this other player and all his friends um, proceeded to beat um, D- Mr. Drinkwater up. They beat him up a lot, like a lot. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes, that's how he got onto it. He yeah. got beaten to the pole. He got beaten to the yeah, pole, yeah. Okay. And so, uh, so he, was, he couldn't play on the weekend because he was um, beaten up, uh, essentially. Right. <laughs> there was an asterisk next to his name and at the bottom it said beaten up. And uh, I, I thought that um, it would have been a little bit awkward when the the wife, when he, you know, obviously he's, he's, he had a girlfriend or a wife or something, and she mm. would come to the hospital and be, oh, my poor baby, mm-hmm. what's happened to you? <laughs> oh, it was nothing. Oh, I was a bike. Uh, I felt it was a bike accident. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, I got beat up. Oh, who? Why'd they beat you up? Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, it was for no reason. It was an unprovoked attack. Well, we need to get the CCTV footage in, in the uh-huh, club. Uh-huh. Oh, no, no. You, I don't think it was... Uh, uh, there were no cameras in this club. <laughs> it, it was the Berghain. <laughs> it, it was like the Berghain. <laughs> but, it was in, but it was in London. Anyway, look, yeah. So that that's the, the Berghain thing. Well, it's good to know. Yeah. You won't go in there next time. Yeah. Mm. And uh-huh. now I'm exacting democracy. It's a little bit like a Romanian revolution, you know, where they they, they, they stormed the palace, they chased the, the communist leader off in his helicopter, he crashed somewhere on the border of Georgia, they dragged him back, they put him in, like, a classroom, they got some local plumber to sit there and act as the judge, and they said, and they said, you are guilty of being a really crap bloke. And then they shot him off the top of the building and he landed below and they took a couple of photos and... Um, and now he has a grave. And this is actually really one of the really interesting things about Romania is that t- things were so bad un- during that communist regime, right? Mm. This guy was killing so many people. And 
Then they did this revolution and they just didn't do it. They didn't do it very well. The people sort of took over. And the trouble is people, for the most part, aren't that great sometimes. And sometimes you need like a system. And it, it was essentially just anarchy for a while. And then people uh, somehow took, I don't know. I don't know how it all worked. But the thing, the thing is, Romania has not actually been better since that happened. And people continually lay flowers on their old dictator's grave. Mm. He has a beautiful marble grave. It used to just be a hole in the ground with a stick saying, here lies the guy who killed everyone. It's a beautiful marble tombstone and uh, like a tomb sort of thing. And there's always fresh flowers on it because people miss those days. Isn't that perverse? That is interesting. I wonder mm. if it's a similar thing to Cuba. What happened some in Cuba? People, well, I don't actually know the whole story. I just know that uh, and um, some people actually liked him. So ah. there you go. <laughs> we went on one European family holiday as a uh-huh. family and we were in uh, Berlin and we were staying in this hotel and, and we were like, where's the communist museum? And there was this like guy who was like, he was like a el- rather elderly gentleman who was like, you know, the guy who puts the bags on the, the trolley and he pushes them, the bellboy, but he, he was a man. He was uh-huh, he, uh-huh. he was a very old man. Um, he was a bellman. And he liked Yeah, and we said, look, where, where is the communist museum? And he said, oh, it's over there by the river. Bar. And this is where we were leaving. He said, by the way, guys, don't read everything. Don't don't believe everything you read there. Some people liked those days. Anyway, really? Some people. <laughs> very subtle. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> True. Yeah. And he lifted up his shirt and and showed us his shirt emblazoned <laughs> with none other than the ABC logo. Do you believe it? <laughs> yeah. Lucinda, <laughs> I would never lie to you, except for that time when I was like, oh, I don't know where your wallet is. I haven't seen it. <laughs> That's tap and go. You, you my said tap movie and go. card. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, gotta, for those at home, Lucinda's Everyone looking great me. tonight. What's She's up? looking great. <laughs> uh, so, tell me through, what, who are you wearing tonight? Um, Tree of Life. All right. Can you believe it? All right. Um, so, how much LSD do you take? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's all a bit of fun. Yeah, what, what's that? What's that <laughs> stuff? Are you, you, incense. 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 Yeah, no, not a big incense fan. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I've I, I've always it. been on the impression that everything one buys from Tree of Life can also double as incense. Like you just set it on yeah, fire and it'll okay. smell really great. Yeah. Or sage. <laughs> yep. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yep. sage. Mm-hmm. Brisky. Hey. Walking briskyly. Really nice to meet you. Went to school with your father. Played with him in the first 15. Oh, did you? Did you? That's right. You got the job. You got the job. <laughs> How's that? Yeah, mate. Uh, so, not your first time here at Fortune, but I believe you once putting up posters around the place. Yeah, down uh, down at the foyer there. De- defacing our building with your far-right propaganda posters. Oh, uh, yep. It was <laughs> just yeah. it was just bands, but yeah. Um, so, nothing to lose. I've, I've, heard, I've listened to it. Multiple times. Have you? Yeah, what several times. I'm one of those people who gets out my iPhone on the on the bus and just plays it outside the speakers until a middle-aged person tells me to stop. Sick. That's that's my main audience. Yeah, nothing to lose. Yeah. Didn't even get to the first chorus. You turn that bloody thing off! <laughs> uh, nothing to lose. What's the story there? When did it start? Its first day. What was it like seeing the song Crowning? Um, well, it started probably like two years ago, to be honest. Um, kind of... Uh, wanted to create a song kind of like um, Tudor Cinema Club's Sun and The okay. Weekends I Feel It Coming and I was like I love that vibe I want to create that you want you want the uh, the flying cock on a Saturday night vibe yeah yeah but I want to do my own thing on it so like um, just spent about a year writing and 
then completely changed the meaning of the song like three times and then got a producer to help me out, JP, um, from Sydney and um, we recorded and rewrote the song a few times end of last year and um, had it uh, recorded and finished and then finally released two weeks ago. Yeah. Wow. It's a long time. It's a whole process. It's been That's I've, one song, I've had, Will. I've had, th- I've had this song in my head for <laughs> years, mate. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's taken a while. Yeah, thank God. And then you, 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 you pressed it, you put it on the record player, yeah. and the thing skipped. The whole thing just skipped. Yeah. <laughs> just crackle good. and pop. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> How long is it going to take to get an album? You're worse than the yeah. Buddy Stone Roses, mate. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> well, the rest can be filler. You yeah. can pump it out in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. You know what the trick is? What? You, you go to... All right. So you studied music, right? Yeah. You go back to uni as a professor in music... Tell the kids, all right, this week in the tutorials, I want you to show up to class with two original songs. These kids will sweat their asses off for two weeks. They'll come back with some songs. Yeah. You secretly record them on your iPhone. Yeah. And make them your own. That's my plan. Yeah. That's uh, that's how I'm going to record the next album. It happens in architecture. Chris Gibbons would know all about this. Yeah, absolutely. Your mate, your (laughs) mate. No, sorry, slip of the tongue there. Your uh, theatrical agent. Yeah, he's my he's my agent. <laughs> yeah, and so how does it all work with the referral fees? So I, I, I assume if the song's good, then I pay Chris referral fees because I got to play a good song on my radio show. Yeah, that, if the that song, makes sense. If the song is really quite... Then I think you both have to pay me referral oh, right. fees. I think okay. that's how it works in all the right. industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm that's, pretty that's new to the I've industry. Heard. That's what I've heard. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and Chris, and I know you're listening, the referral fees will be ing high if, if the song is... No, so, okay. so, yeah, right. So... Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's turned into kind of like a therapeutic kind of song. Yeah, so it's, it's about my relationship with loneliness and I kind of took it in a more positive direction because I wanted to be more positive in the, all the music that I'm writing, so... I didn't want it to be like a sad, sappy song, but I wanted it to be true to myself, so I came out with that. All right. I got it, I got it right then. I think I just won Will Brisky trivia because I listened to it and I liked it too. As a single man, I've spent uh, all but six months of my 26 years single. Now, I'm not, talking, I'm not saying I was lonely. I'm talking I've been getting with a lot and, I'm, <laughs> and I want to stress a lot of girls. But, um, okay. but there's something uh, about being uh, independent AKA, that's a, a, a euphemism for incredibly lonely. Um, <laughs> you got nothing to lose, all right? There's yeah. no one's feelings no other, to hurt. There's, yeah. there's no no wondering why someone bad. hasn't replied while they're on that girls' night down in Byron Bay. Yeah, about only being responsible for yourself. Yeah, no, it's absolutely. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sad or anything. I'm. I'm pretty in a good place. You seem really happy. Yeah. I, for those of you at home, I'm going to describe what <laughs> Will's wearing, and that is nothing <laughs> but a pink hat. He, yeah. He's really having a great time yeah i thought it was appropriate <laughs> yes indeed no i've got to describe to you what i'm wearing uh will i'm going to be honest with you i uh, uh sorry sorry so <laughs> pressed the wrong button no i um i'm out of underpants i'm out of underpants right yeah cool i only have single use underpants is a bit of a pushback against this whole like reusable biodegradable straw thing that's really getting on my nerves at my favorite bars you know uh, yep <laughs> have you ever tried to suck a, a peanut butter thick peanut based smoothie up 
a biodegradable straw? I can't say that I have, no. <laughs> That's not really, yeah. Uh, something that I usually do on a, on a weekend. Yeah, they're about as useful as a thumbtack on a seat, mate. You know what, I'm, you know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, as a bit of a pushback to that, I got single-use underpants. They're made of latex, 100% latex. Right. Yeah, I started up with yeah. some vegan ones. They're 100% macadamia nut. Wow. Um, bit too expensive to yeah. wear. Of course. A single-use pair of underpants made of 100% organic macadamia nut. Um, it was also, there was a beautiful duality to it that it was organic, natural, fair trade but also single use. It meant that Jonathan Shree was simultaneously backhanding me and also giving me a wristy. Right. <coughs> it's, why God, <laughs> it's why God gave us two hands, Will. <laughs> anyway, so I ran out of them, and so tonight I was wondering, what can I wear? And I realised there's only one thing a man can wear and get away with when he's not wearing underpants and not of Scottish descent. Because what we don't want to do here tonight, Will, is culturally misappropriate. <laughs> yep. So we can't wear a kilt. What can I wear? Bordies. Tell the people at home what I'm wearing, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's straight up. Nothing but a pink hat. <laughs> yeah, nothing but a pink hat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, without much further ado, I think it's um um it's called Nothing to Lose by Will Brisky. Alright? Now it's not the radio debut, you've had it on some uh, less well to do um, <laughs> radio stations like uh, Triple J. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, Triple J. <laughs> triple. Anyway, so, yeah. Oh, nothing to Lose by Will Brisky. And if it's good, we'll play it twice. If it's bad... If it's bad. You and Chris, you. your theatrical agent. Yeah. Referral fees. Sweet. All right, anyway. Um, yeah, this is Nothing to Lose by Brisky. Nothing to lose by Brisky there, the new single. What a ripper. What do you reckon, Brisky? That one any good? Yeah, it goes all right. Yeah? Let's <laughs> get, I'm just going to seek an independent opinion from the guy who made the song. Where did you come up with the original idea for that song? Ooh, yeah, that's a good ooh, question. That's ooh. a really good question. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, probably from the uh, uh, kind of uh, weekend I feel it coming, that song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're not. There's not going to be a copyright claim or anything, is no, there? We can no. we can take it's that out if you want. It's completely different, but like that's the that's the vibe that I was kind of going for. The weekend is in- incredibly litigious. Yeah, he is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, why do you think after all these years? All right, I'm talking. When do you think they first invented music? <laughs> oh, asking the big questions there. With the yeah, with. Yeah, <laughs> with the cavemen. Yeah, I'm I'm one of the conspiracy theorists that somehow weaves Jeffrey Ep- Jeffrey Epstein into the the, be- the beginning of music sort of theory. <laughs> but <laughs> but my theory is that music began the way all great things begin, just like freak nuclear accidents in American laboratories by accident. I think that someone was carrying something. They dropped. Maybe they were carrying. It was a waiter carrying three plates in Paris, 1927. He tripped over. One plate went, the next one went, and the next one, three beats, perfect. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Someone said, hey, on. And then, and then, and then, and the fourth beat, something went, and then someone said, you just made a beat. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know how they, they traced the, the very first use of the word selfie? They traced it on the internet. Um, some internet historians went all the way back. The first use of the word selfie was in the early 2000s on MySpace by a guy from New Zealand. I think I've heard of that. 
<laughs> yeah, Viva New yeah. Zealand. Yeah. Yep. So my question pertains to after all these years since Paris 1927, yeah. when that waiter dropped those three plates and someone clicked their fingers and then and, figured it out, and they figured out they made music. Why do people still listen to music? Why can't we with all this new technology, video games, um, audio books? I'm talking about um, artificial intelligence sex dolls. Why are people still bothering with music? Oh, <laughs> because it's bloody brilliant. <laughs> a big question yeah. deserves a big answer, Will. Yeah, well, yes, you, everyone's got their own relationship with music. Oh, Will, do you sound like one of those guys? Yeah, that's, a very, that's a good answer. No, 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 no. Hey, hey, hey. Look, Will is like that guy, that barrister you see, got that really big legal problem. You know, I've been accused. I'm sexually <laughs> harassing someone I've never met. Please uh, help, and you, you pay him 10 grand. Yeah, you pay him 10 grand every 10 minutes. He comes back to you with a, a letter about four words long and it says, it depends, full stop. That's what Will just did. It depends on the facts and the circumstances. Give him a moment, he will say more. All right, all right, where's part two? Part two. Part two, the answer. You, you gave us the why, prelude there. Why is music awesome? Yeah, you got, we got the executive summary. Now yeah. we want the, <laughs> the, full. the analysis. Oh, I don't know, man. You went to uni, come on. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 just bloody great. I don't know. I, I can't uh, can't think of anything at the moment. I think we, we, maybe we'll pull it back a little bit. We'll say maybe we will stop being so universal. Why do you listen to music? Why do I listen to music? Yeah. I'm not too sure. It's just amazing. It's changed my life. It's, yeah. So uh, it's how, it cha- how, it, how, how's it changed your life? Uh, well, it uh, it always changes the like the way you feel. Like if you listen to heavy music, you can be happy. Or if you listen to sit, sad music, you can be sad. It can change. It can change what people feel. Okay, but do angry people listen to angry music, or do normal people listen to angry music then become angry, and then keep <laughs> listening to angry music? What uh, comes first? <laughs> I, uh, the chicken or the KFC? <laughs> I don't think. I don't. I don't know whether that's what I was saying. <laughs> music can be a tool. If you're angry, you can use music. Yes. And not listen to angry music. If you want to be more angry, you can listen to more angry music. Like uh-huh. because, like for me, me, like fighters can listen to a fucking full-on song before yes. they get to a fight. Before they go to a fight to charge them up yeah uh-huh, yes or, or um training training in the gym like oh fucking get into a good song yes to charge them up to bring them more out of them more out of their muscles yes but if you're angry and you want to calm down you can listen to some ambient music mm-hmm. and you can change your mood this is true because i i heard that they uh, there was a car park in sydney and they had problems with uncouth youths they were rapping, they were smoking, they were having little ice parties in this car park. Ice parties. All right? And I'm not talking about the ones you find Terrible. in Eskies. <laughs> yes. And so what they decided to do was to play Celine Dion 24 hours from the speakers in the car park. i got to tell you, the youths found new places to hang out, like nursing homes. Well, why don't we play the song again? Would you, <laughs> would you be offended? Uh, Mr. Brisky. Mr. Brisket himself. Hey, I once had a cousin and he had a job and, and it, was a, it was a decent job. But he said, I, all I want to do in life, I love brisket. I love making brisket. I want to sell brisket at the markets. And he was about to quit his job and pursue his lifelong dream of making beef brisket and selling it to the people of Southeast Queensland. And then he had two kids. You know what they call kids? Dream crushers. <laughs> 
Anyway, this is <laughs> this is uh, nothing to lose by Brisky. Brisky, we're in the studio with Brisky tonight. That was his latest track. Latest? Do I tell him the whole truth? And only track. <laughs> and only. nothing to lose. What in the morning when the the alarm? The alarm sound. Um, not really. I don't. I don't usually uh, wake up with an alarm too much nowadays. Right. Yeah. You you're one of those uh, homeless types. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wake up with <laughs> wealthy people kicking me. <laughs> Warm, fuzzy feeling. Yes. A feeling that I've only ever experienced when I first laid eyes with Will Brisky. <laughs> when he shook my hand and said, you must be Harry. Chris Gibbons will be paying the referral fee shortly. What are your main account details? <laughs> and as I said out loud, my BSB number and my account number, I got this warm, fuzzy feeling. I was dragged off by my cruel, cruel parents. They knew I had a phobia of water, still do. Um, can bear, not very good with oceans. They dragged me off to Bilgola Beach in the northern suburbs of Sydney to learn how to swim in the ocean. They said, go play with the other kids, socialise. And I was like, mum and dad, I'm 19 years old. I'm just coming back for the summer. I'm on uni break. But um, I had to do what they called nippers, right? And um, and basically, this these kids, I'll call them a mob. A mob of children from the northern suburbs approached me. They could sense I was different. They could, they could sense that I was somewhat on the spectrum, so to speak. Um, a little bit from, uh, from the, the incessant tears I had when I saw the ocean. Well, and the forex can you had. Yes. Uh, You've you got to start early. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, they came up to me, Will, and they said, and I quote, Do you lick a dick a day? <laughs> Do you lick a dick a day? And, uh, I, see and I froze up and... Being a bit of a yes man, I decided that yes, I did lick a dick a day, and they laughed. And sometimes at night, when I'm trying to get to sleep, and my partner is there, my beautiful partner, and she says, "Harry, what's wrong? It was a beautiful night. It was a great piece of musical theatre, and that walk and that ice cream it was all perfect. What's wrong?" I lie there, I stare at the ceiling, and I hear that laughter. And for the record, I do lick a dick a day. Um, <laughs> What I want to say about Brian Eno is that he was commissioned, yes, in the 90s, to do the Microsoft sound for Microsoft. And they gave him this brief. And only Brian Eno could fulfill this brief. Um, uh, and I'm not talking about those uh, single-use, 100% um, macadamia uh, briefs, you know, underpants. I'm not talking about underpants right now. I'm talking about a brief as in, uh, you work in finance, all right? A brief is? Made from bamboo. Made from bamboo. Thank you. Um, so, what, <laughs> what I mean to say is, the brief to Brian Eno was, make a symphony in six seconds. And Brian Eno was like, uh, Microsoft, you, you must understand, that there's the strictly a symphony. Is. They said, <laughs> Brian, I think that internet historians would go back in time. They'd search through, the, they'd trawl through the, the internet, and they would say that Brian Eno did the first ever Vine. Yeah, yeah, it's just uh, yeah, just the six second idea. Yeah, it's the yeah. Mm. This is six seconds. If you do not cough, no one sneezes. Even if you blink, and I know what you're thinking, blinking. <laughs> do not ear blink. This is the Microsoft sound by bringing. You know, it's got. This is one of the few songs out there. Um, and Brisky, this might be an idea for your next album. Yeah. It's one of the few songs out there that takes longer to describe. <laughs> 
than the actual song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it takes longer to actually announce the, 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 the track title and the artist than it does to actually play the bloody thing. How about we just play it? You reckon? Let's do it. No, I think we don't have enough time. <laughs> no, no. Six, oh, six seconds. Uh, bug me backwards and call me Brian if that isn't a six-second symphony. Yeah, that sounds... I haven't heard of that one before. Whip yeah. me in leather and call me your quiet colleague, Larry. <laughs> well. Now, this is a good deal, and I'll talk to Julian and see if we can arrange this. If you go to Velociraptor's concert on the 1st of November, the bearded lady, then I can get them to promise you that the entire band of Velociraptor will see your next show, which means... You'll probably sell out the bearded lady. Yeah, because because <laughs> they're like how many? I don't even know. I've lost count. No, they lost count. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the time they divide all the royalties, they actually lose money. Each, yeah, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> the admin fees. Are, yeah. Yeah. So Brisky, so uh, you got a lot of control over your music. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Do you sometimes feel like unfettered creativity is less conducive to creativity than having boundaries? And how do you set mm. your boundaries? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's a that's a good question because unlike the other ones, yeah. <laughs> tonight <laughs> actually we need to balance that one with a fart sound effect. <laughs> like uh, there was a big difference from like writing in a band with four other people and then just writing by yourself, and because you, you you think that you've got way more choices, way more you can do anything. There's no restrictions. There's nobody saying oh, I didn't like that sound. I don't like. It's all up to you. Yeah. But um, I find it's also quite hard doing that compared to being in the band because you you've got no one to bounce off yeah yeah got no one to bounce off well risky it's been great having you in this studio tonight shake Thank my hand i'm really looking forward to the next 15 minutes you thought you were leaving <laughs> you thought you were leaving <laughs> so did you he's here for the long haul he, he's yeah. here for the whole hour i don't do this very often <laughs> i only do this when i've got nothing else to do Nah, yeah, you got big songs. No, you got I, big songs I messaged here, quite right? a few girls tonight and not oh, many people picking up, so I guess I'll just stick around here. Actually, a girl I like uh, liked my new profile picture, and I, I'm actually flat out pretty busy at the moment reading too much into that. Um, <laughs> um, I got beef with a guy. Um, he's got glasses, short, curly hair. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> At the risk of defaming someone in the wrong band, I think. Look the, up his image. I think the band reverse, was called. Reverse, I think the band was called Pool. Image. Was the band called Pool Shop? No, I don't think that's him. No, that's not him. It's not Pool Shop. Anyway, I got beef with, and I got beef with this guy, man. How come? Why? Well, I, I went over. I went over to this this group of people. He was one of them. I said, G'day, mate. And it was a little bit of like a, a little bit of how's your father? And there were a couple of girls there. And I said and I said to one of the girls, I said, you know, I just had a chat to my dad on the weekend. And he said that he'd read a Harvard article about purposeful conversations. It's about all these, you walk past people all the time and you go, how you going? How are you? And you go, no matter what you're actually thinking, you just go, yeah, good. All right? All right? I decided I was going to approach with a purposeful conversation. So I approached this group and perhaps they weren't quite used, maybe they're very used to unpurposeful conversation. Because I walked up and I said, what is, the, I said to one of these girls, I said, what is the most exciting thing that's happened to you in the last week? Now you can't just give a stock answer there, you have to think and provide an actual response, don't you? What is the most, well for example, we'll try you right now. What is the most exciting thing that has happened to you in the last week, Will Brisky? Being on triple Z. <laughs> Minus tonight. Um, <laughs> eyes, 
eyes up here. Um, <laughs> my eyes are up here, Will. Sorry, he is yeah. very. Ex- he must be very excited to be here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, eyes up here. Thank you. Yeah. Um, now, uh, well, that's good. So yeah. you're kicking goals yeah, on and off the field. Kicking goals. Yeah, yeah. So right. yeah, I, there's probably something. I'm just yeah, can't really think of it right now. You're trying to be an enigmatic musical artist. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, you should fake your own death trying to get Joy Division status because um, we all know Ian Curtis is not dead. <laughs> he uh, is, was alive. He put on a lot of weight and founded the band Hootie and the Blowfish. Now, what I'm talking about here, Will Brisky, is that I approached this particular um, Brisbane musician, curly hair, quite short, glasses. Keep an eye out for him. He's nothing but trouble. And I approached this group. And I said to one of the ladies, I said, what is the most exciting thing that has happened to you in the last week? Now, this was a purposeful question, as derived from my father, having read this particular Harvard article, yeah. science, Will, you went to uni, you work in finance, you're an enigmatic art, musical artist. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Right? So, basically, I went up with a personal conversation. I said, what is the most exciting thing that has happened to you in the last week? Now, what did you say when I asked you that question? <laughs> Correct oh, response. I, I, you did not answer. Yeah, it's <laughs> a pretty crap yeah. response. All right, yeah. so I'm going to give you another chance. You had a little yeah. bit of extra time to think there. I stalled yeah. for a little bit. Now, what is yeah. the most exciting thing that's happened to you in the last week or so? Most exciting thing that's happened in the past week. I went to the uh, opening of What's Golden. That was that was pretty Aha! Uh-huh. Cool. You yeah. saw First Page. Yeah, First Page. Yeah, actually. Aren't they unreal? I completely forgot, but yes, that's that was That was amazing. so great you just first forgot. Page are, first Page are great. Yeah. Yeah. And See what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if that's good, then you're going to really love alcohol. <laughs> the more you forget, the better it is. Yeah. Um, I wasn't even... Oh, yeah, I just had a couple of drinks that night, so I don't know why I forgot about that. But okay. No, they... Yeah, it was first, so great. First, yeah, First Page was great. I'm a big fan of those guys. Yeah. Okay, great. All right, just don't... Yeah, well, that'll do. You don't want people blowing their weekly pay packet on a first base ticket. They've got nothing left to buy your MP3, right? <laughs> when are you going to play some shows? Are you going to play some shows for us? Yeah, yeah, hopefully soon, but some, nothing in the works. No, works. All right, you've got to sort, yeah. sort out how you're going to set it all up. Yeah. Are yeah, you going to have so. some backing band? Are you going to do a solo yeah, with so. machines? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a backing band. I'm playing with my cousin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just remember, just remember you've got to share the, the, you gotta share the money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, I think she's helping out for the start. Do you a drummer? I play the drums very well. Yeah. One of the I've best drums. I've generation. got a drummer. Yeah. Oh, I've piss off, Ben. <laughs> There's the door. No, yeah. I shake my hand. There you yeah. are. There you go. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah. No, hey, hey. So I go up to this guy. Short, curly hair, glasses. Keep an eye out for him. Nothing but trouble. I come. That's with, very. Oh, I come up with a, pur- a purposeful question. I say. What is the most? I I, I, talk, I tell you this one of the girls that he's with. I say, what is the most exciting thing that has happened to you in the last week? You know what she says? I don't have to answer that question. And I said, must have been a pretty pretty shitty week. He says, look, mate, we're not interested. I got beef with that guy. So I, later on, I'm hanging out yeah. with uh, Joe from the Creases. All right, all right. Yeah. I'm hanging out with Joe. We're chatting. All right. I, the Foundry is one of those great VIP areas. It's um, it's a bit of a communist VIP area. Like anyone can just walk in there. But you have to go down the hall. A lot of people don't think I'm going to walk down the hall. All right? Yeah. I walk down the hall. I'm in the VIP area. Very communist. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's a VIP, essentially. Yeah. I'm talking to Joe from the creases. Let's let that sink in a little bit, Will. <laughs> you letting it sink in? Yep. You're marinating yeah. on that for a little um, while? I'm letting that, yeah. Give me some of that dope lemon marinade. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, this uh, particularly short, particularly curly haired glass, you know, particular vision impaired gentleman, he reappears. Mm. He says to Joe, Do you know this guy? 
you know this guy? Do you know what I mean? You know what I'm, yeah. t- you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, here? he's given shade. We're having a cordial conversation, yeah. right? All right. And so I got I got beef with this guy. Yeah. And so I don't know what band he's in, but I got beef. Yeah. Um and but most m- music is consumed in the form of streaming. You don't need to have an album that has particular length or particular amount of songs other than what are, what are people uh, attuned with in terms of attention span, all right? Yeah. So, and when they play songs on the radio, it's less about, oh, we're restricted by this particular size of record which can only be played on standard record players. We're talking, we're talking about um, sharing the love, so to speak. All right, there's only 24 hours in one day. If if each song went for one hour, we could only play 24 songs in one day, and the last three would be Australian. Meet meet our quotas. You talking? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Here? You get what I'm talking about? Yeah. So, I think when someone comes out with an eight-minute song, like people like Tash Sultana, stuff like that, mm. I think um, what we really have to say is, piss off Tash Sultana and let me have a go. When people, people release long songs, it's less time for you to play your song. So I think it's going, it's going to feel really good to say out loud. If you can say yeah. it out loud with me, yeah. piss off Tash Sultana uh, and let me have a go. You want to say it? It feels uh, good. It feels really good. Piss uh, off. Uh, <laughs> I don't mind Tash Sultana. Okay. All right. You've heard it here first. Will Brisky yeah. doesn't mind. How are you? Please sit out. Sit out. Welcome to an Akandra of Banter. Southeast Queensland's most controversial 11 p.m. till midnight radio show, presumably, well, at least on Thursdays. Uh, well, t- typically, book clubs have been known to be a very masculine thing, a very male-dominated sort of um, club, and I feel a little bit emasculated knowing that there'll be girls there in the book club because typically it's the triple Bs: um, boys, beers, books. And uh, yeah, yeah, while we're on the topic of young Damon, he said something. He, he started a full-time job this year, and he was going through the motions. He he, he said to me, his eyes were a bit were a bit droopy, and then they usually are. And and he and he said, uh, is, don't you don't you think this all just sucks? And I and I and I sort of you know as I you know confiscated his belt and um and his Swiss Army knife. I said, what are you what are you talking about? This all sucks. And he said, you know, this working full time, uh, you know, just five days on, two days off for the rest of our lives. Don't you think this just sucks? And I said, Damon, slow down there, Trooper. Um, fair shake of the sauce bottle. As the great Kevin Rudd once said, I love the Chinese and I'm going to sell them the whole lot. And he also said, fair shake of the sauce bottle. In fact, he said it a lot. And so, in honour of uh, Mr. Rudd, I'm going to say it a lot. And I proceeded to say, fair shake of the sauce bottle. 24 hours on loop. It's uploaded to YouTube if you want to play it. Um, anyway, so I said, fair shake of the sauce bottle, Mr. Damon. Um, I'll have you know that a weekend is a miracle. Every weekend is a miracle. I challenge you, not only to build a time machine, but secondly, to go back to the time of ancient Egypt and join those hard-working, those diligent... Well, we never actually met them. They're just pictures engraved on a wall. As far as we know, those ancient Egyptians who built the pyramids could be incredibly racist, transphobic, terrible people so i'm not going to lavish them with too much praise but they were they, I, what i can say is they're quite hard working actually how many years did it take them to build the pyramids Jaden? how many time ta- how many years did it make the ancient e- egyptians uh to to build the pyramids he's saying a couple of weeks he's saying he's saying they just used glass they use modern techniques of just putting glass on buildings and they built it in two weeks the developer uh, v- very cheap development anyway so what i'm trying to say is the ancient egyptians they built these pyramids 
uh, over many years and they spent every second of their living life dragging giant sandstone blocks uh, and they didn't get a weekend. So what I'd like to tell young Damon is that every weekend is a miracle. Uh, f- to have two days off, to um, do whatever you like, whatever you, d- whatever you darn please, I think that if you're not a Christian, you should uh, you still thank God. Anyway, um, what I'd like to do is point out the fact that I think that Survivor is entirely scripted this year. Uh, every every week, conveniently, there's some giant plot twist. You see the billboards in the street. Um, the betrayal. The love triangle. The nachos. Uh, it's too good to be true, and it makes me wonder. It's such a big budget show. They get all these people out to some island, probably somewhere near Stradbroke Island. It's probably they're probably just at South Bank Beach. Anyway, but um, they it's too big budget for them to just risk all these people getting put on an island and going. Actually, let's all just get along. Maybe we'll just flip a coin each week and to, to, to decide who will be eliminated and maybe we can all meet up for ramen after the show ends. How's that sound, guys? And they, they all do like one of those hands-in things and go, yay, three, two, one, survivor. Um, and so they couldn't risk that and, and very logically, I think that's why they bring in these like celebrity specials and these all-star specials because they know that these people will do exactly what they say. You want to be famous again? You, Big Brother contestant from 2002, do you want to have a couple more Twitter followers than you did before? You do exactly what we say, and you betray that guy, and then now you team up with this person, and you lie, and you fall in love with this person. And so I think that's exactly what's going down. Now, I talk to uh, so my, my, my good friend Ben Long. Survivor is his favorite show. And as soon as I had this conspiracy theory, I said I have to call Ben and run it by him. And so I picked up my phone, and I called Ben, and he said, "He said, stop calling me at home. I told you, mate, it's over. Uh, we've had a text in. Someone said, please get rid of a decanter of banter. Such an offensive radio segment. Does this ignorant dude really deserve that much airtime? All I have to say is, if I really was so ignorant, how did I notice that SMS you sent in? Um, I was at a sushi train the other day. The massive delays. Massive delays. I was sending many an angry tweet to Queensland Rail. And my, my friend mentioned, well, what, what happens if, if the sushi train, if it was delayed, if it was shut down? What if it stopped? What if there were track repairs and the sushi train stopped? And simply, they would, they would stand still and the people would walk in a circle. It would be coordinated like that. Um, so, uh, I'm very polite. I'm a very polite guy and I'll tell you why. I send a formal letter of thank you to each person who likes my profile picture. Um, I, I take a photo of me interacting with that, that, like, that particular like. For example, just me... Um, pointing to uh, the, the like on Facebook and with the other hand doing a thumb up, maybe wearing a silly hat, um, maybe having a green screen in the background with a, a picture of the Bahamas or, or the Maldives and just saying something fun like, really appreciate your like, um, we'll have to catch up soon. And, and just sending that off uh, personally to their uh, residential address or even better, their uh, registered place of business. Anyway, so Benjamin Franklin, he was a very wise man. How wise he was. He had an old saying. We'll call it a proverb because it's lasted the test of time. Um, it, it reads, early to bed 
and early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. So what Mr. Franklin is essentially saying is that uh, we are all going to die lonely and broke. But the thing is, um, Mr. Franklin, if he is a man of his word, would be in bed by now. So if you've got anything nasty you want to say about Mr. Benjamin Franklin, go right ahead because he sure as hell won't be listening. So we can go to town on this guy if we want to. He also said, As the old the English he proverbus saith in the wise, who sue will rise early shall be wholly healthy and zealy. Um, he was a little bit kooky after a few evening wines. Now, I was... Uh, uh, I was at a party the other day, and it was <laughs> the other day. I'm like that parent who goes, "Oh, remember that family holiday we had uh, the other day?" It's like, "Mom, that was seven years ago." <laughs> um, and so, yeah. So the other day, being July, uh, I was at a party, and my uh, my buddy was doing Dry July. That is to say, he was not drinking alcoholic products for a period of 31 days. He could have chosen a 28 day month. Uh, a bit earlier in the year, but did not get his shit together. Um, oh, sorry, dropped a bit of French there. He did not get his belongings together in time, and there he was, sober, for the fantastic month that is July. Um, and uh, and so he rocks up to a party, get this, holding <laughs> a six-pack of ginger beer. Now, I get it. Alcohol is not that healthy. It leads to uh, pregnancy in most cases. and But... Uh, uh, are we going to say that uh, drinking a six-pack of ginger beer is a healthy way to live your July? He brought six ginger beers. Do you know how much ginger beer that is? We're going to say there's about 345 milliliters of ginger beer in each one, and he planned to drink six? Um, but I guess he's just, he was in the mood, oh, i got to take six bottles of something. That's what people do at parties, right? Anyway, so um, Godspeed to him. Uh He's now completely toothless, um, not because of the sugar, but because he went to the Sunshine Coast and looked at someone the wrong way. Do not go to parties on the Sunshine Coast. You will get punched for no reason. And I speak with a whole lot of experience there. Um, and so does so do my lips, um, which swelled up the size of Angelina Jolie's. God, that guy punched me so hard. And what was I doing? Only trying to steal his purse. Just for a little while, I was only going to take the money back and leave it on the ground for him to pick up. He didn't have to freak out so much. God, people overreact so much in the Sunshine Coast. Um, you think they're all just chilled out surfers? Nope, steal my purse. I want to freak out!